Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. This is the second episode of our series on Florida forts. Last week we covered Fort Caroline in the what we presume to be the Jacksonville area. That's where certainly the National Memorial is in Duval County. This week we're going to move a little further south to St. Augustine where we're going to be spending uh, the next couple of weeks uh, St. Augustine and Pensacola are really the two places with a lot of forts and, and the keys. Uh, those will be key areas in this series we talk about, uh, key areas, no pun intended. Uh, but let's move south to St. Augustine and go through the history of the Castillo de San Marcos uh, and uh, kind of give an overview of colonial St. Augustine and the importance of the fort in the defenses of colonial St. Augustine. The Castillo de San Marcos is perhaps the most famous historical landmark in the state of Florida, and it is one of the most famous forts or colonial era forts in the United States and what is currently the United States of America. And the history of the Castillo and the building of the Castillo is our focus today. In 1586, as we've discussed previously on this podcast, the 21-year-old settlement of St. Augustine, Spanish settlement on the coast of Florida, Atlantic coast of Florida, was raided by Sir Francis Drake. And, and this is a very, very important event in Florida history and also a very important event in the establishment of the English Empire. For more information about that event, you can refer to episode 44 of the Florida History Podcast. Drake's raid was made possible because St. Augustine was lightly defended at the time. And it was a wooden fort easily occupied, as we talk about in episode 44, that allowed Sir Francis Drake and his English raiders to capture the city, to gain control of the city and raid and loot the city. That same year, ironically enough, Coquina was quarried and found for the first time on Anastasia Island, right across the the Matanzas River, or what is now known as the Matanzas River, from St. Augustine, from the settlement of St. Augustine. Now, from 1586 onward, there were various attempts by governors of Florida to petition authorities in Spain and colonial authorities in Mexico City, the capital of Nueva España. Ciudad de Mexico, to get a permanent fort built, something a little stronger than a stone, than a uh, wooden fort. And by the time the 1668 event that we chronicled in episode 47 took place, Robert Searle's raid on St. Augustine, English pirate, devastating effect on on, uh, the city and on the colony of Florida. By the time that happened, St. Augustine was on its ninth wooden fort. And these wooden forts were proving absolutely ineffective in protecting the settlement from English and French interests. And as the 1600s wore on, Florida, which had been a fairly prosperous colony, 
uh, relatively speaking, in the 1600s, although it didn't necessarily have the interest of the Spanish crown because no gold was found in Florida. That was the key distinction between Florida and other Spanish colonies in the Americas. No gold. However, there were uh, very, very successful attempts to cultivate different crops and, and different items that were of use to the colony and made the colony not self-sufficient. I mean, every year, and I think we've talked about this before on several podcasts, every year there were people waiting with bated breath for the ship ship of provisions to come in from Veracruz, or eventually uh, some of those provisions came via the El Camino Real, which was a road built, never fully complete, but a road built effectively from St. Augustine into the interior, the hinterland of the Florida colony, uh, up towards what is now Tallahassee, St. Mark's, that area where there were uh, huge Spanish missions that we've talked about before and everybody's aware of. Uh, Mission San Luis is one of my favorite spots in the state. That's in Tallahassee. Uh, upward towards Bainbridge and Albany, Georgia, where there were also some other missions and, and settlements, uh, and which had been effectively claimed by the Spanish at that point. Remember, Georgia, the English or British colony of Georgia, has not been founded yet. That would be founded in 1733. So the Searle Raid devastated St. Augustine and... The governor of La Habana, of Cuba, in 1669, took some action and sent some money to La Florida, Florida, St. Augustine, to uh, begin building a permanent defensive structure, a fort. 1670, Charlestown is founded in Carolina. It's now Charleston, South Carolina. English settlement, and that uh, really raised the stakes, as we've talked about several times in previous episodes. So with the founding of Charlestown, the Spanish crown now suddenly is very interested in protecting and defending Florida and potentially going on the offensive against the English in Carolina. So in 1671, they begin quarrying Coquina from Anastasia Island. Uh, And this is uh, a major operation, and it's costing 12,000 pesos uh, to start this operation allocated by the Spanish crown uh, to build uh, this fort, and then 10,000 pesos annually after 1671. Uh, So quarrying begins in 1671. The building of the structure at the Castillo begins in 1672. And as we know, um, from 1672 to 1695, the Castillo was built. There were lots of imported labor and artisans. There were convicts that worked on the Castillo. There were slaves that worked on the Castillo. There were Native Americans who really didn't have the free will to, 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 to reject working on the Castillo A lot of them were trained, uh, ended up being trained by outsiders who came to train the natives and and local population. And in fact, there were a few English prisoners. There were were raids of St. Augustine and in Florida going on during this period, uh, as well as efforts uh, to capture English pirates. Uh, and French pirates, as well as some English prisoners from Charlestown. Town. Uh, about 750 people total worked on the building 
uh, of the Castillo from 1672 to 1695. Now, this was a turbulent time. Uh, not only had Searle's raid in 1668 set up uh, and finally convinced the Spanish crown and, and uh, authorities in La Habana and Ciudad de Mexico to go forward with the building of the Castillo. But there were a number of things that happened in the period between 1672 and 1695. Uh, 1670, there was a Spanish attack on Charlestown right after it was founded that failed. But... A number of events happened, as I said, 1672 and 1695. Let's uh, uh, mention, let's, let's go through these somewhat chronologically. 1677, there was a Corsair raid around um, St. Mark's, what's now St. Mark's, Florida, and the mission there. Uh, 1682, the French, uh, French Corsairs raided that area, took the Appalachee Fort, uh, which was... Uh, uh, one of two uh, kind of rebuilt missions now. The one, this is, again, the one by uh, St. Mark's, where the uh, natives, the Appalachian natives and uh, Spanish colonists well, had a mission. The French also, the French raiders also raided a mission on the Suwannee River and sacked it and, and made off with plunder. That was uh, actually a few years later in 1680, uh, well, actually, same year, 1682. In 1680, two years earlier, there had been an English native raid that caused the loss of Santa Catalina, which was the furthest north Spanish settlement, roughly a little bit south of, of what is now Jekyll Island, that area, Brunswick area, a little bit north of, uh, of Cumberland Island in South Georgia. So uh, the Spanish are pushed back from there at the time. 1683... We had English Corsairs raid the St. Augustine area. So they took Matanzas, uh, where Fort Matanzas is now, just about 20 miles south of St. Augustine. Uh, they threatened St. Augustine. They sacked uh, the mission at Santa Maria. They threatened the mission at San Pedro. These were all locales a little bit south of St. Augustine. Uh, 1682, there was a, uh, a pirate raid uh, at Mosquito Inlet, a little bit further south. It's what we would now uh, consider the northern part of Brevard County, southern part of, uh, of Volusia, where New Smyrna, uh, which I, I, we're going to talk about in this podcast series, right, because that that's, uh, uh, was an important settlement that was founded in, uh, in the British period of British rule over East Florida in the, in the 1760s, uh, where New, around where New Smyrna is today. 1686, you had French Corsairs attack Matanzas, that area, again, a little bit south of St. Augustine and threatened St. Augustine. Uh, you had, in 1686, the Spanish try and strike back, hit Port Royal and Edesto settlements in southern, what, the southern part of the colony of Carolina, what is now South Carolina. A storm, a hurricane plows through that saves Charleston and, and stops the Spanish from taking that area. There was also attack on the Apalachicola area, the area by actually where the Apalachicola, Flint, and uh, Chattahoochee Rivers now meet, Lake Seminole as we call it now. But there was an attack by the English there that the Spanish repulsed, and that became really kind of a center of action between 1689 and 1693. And that area 
also would become very, very important in 1818 as Spain is losing its grip on Florida. There's still a lot of British influence over Florida. And Andrew Jackson in the United States invade Florida for all intents and purposes. Uh, Jackson exceeds his orders and invades Florida. A same area, same, almost same exact area, where there was a, a lot of back and forth there. And uh, 1693 also, you had another raid on the Suwannee River, this time by the English. They burnt uh, a mission there and they enslaved all the natives and took them back to Carolina. The natives that were captured at that mission. And that's something that, by the way, uh, happened again during Queen Anne's War, which is something that we will get into probably in the next podcast. But the number of times that you had natives that were on missions working with the Spanish that were then enslaved when the English came into Florida and then taken back to Carolina, it happens more than once. This is the first instance of it happening, but as we're going to talk about probably in the next show, it happens regularly during that war, and it's one of the real sad uh, knock-on effects of Queen Anne's War. So, of course, in summary, this was a really turbulent time while the Castillo was being built, a time of massive strife between England, France, and Spain. And there were wars going on in Europe, too, which, which plays a role in, in the alliances. And we'll, we'll get into that uh, in future episodes. But the alliances were ever-shifting. The only thing you could be sure of during this period is that England and France were on opposing sides. Now, in the 1500s, England and Spain would be on opposing sides because England had become very anti-Catholic after Henry VIII, and Spain was the great Catholic kingdom, the great Catholic empire. France was also, uh, actually, the Catholic Church had a huge uh, influence on, on French politics and on the French crown. But uh, there were times, uh, just because of the politics of the age and pragmatism, that France and England would end up on the same side in European wars at that time. Not the case uh, in the 1700s, which is going to be the, the, the uh, century we enter. In the War of Spanish Succession, which uh, the North American theater was known as Queen Anne's War and had a big Florida component that we're going to get into probably in the next show. There was no, um, there, there, there was uh, England on the opposite side of Spain and France or the Spanish crown. Now, uh, there was obviously an effort by England and Austria and, and that, that alliance to uh, install a different king, a Habsburg king of Spain. And the Bourbons uh, wanted a Bour Bourbon king. Uh, and, uh, and Louis XIV at the time was the most powerful monarch in Europe, uh, the, uh, the French king, Louis XIV. I don't want to get too in, into European affairs because the, the, these theaters in North America really were separate. The alliances were kind of the same, but not always. And sometimes we, there, there's some confusion with that. Even though these are um, theaters connected to the European wars, there's also some very different issues with them. So... In 1695, the Castillo was completed, and there were a total of 138,375 pesos spent in building the Castillo, and it was very timely. We just went through what a difficult era it was uh, in Florida, in Spanish Florida, very stable, prosperous colony of Spanish Florida up until about the 1660s. Uh, 
the combination of, of uh, and I really actually this began in the late 1650s where there was uh, about some uh, pandemics and infections that affected the native population, uh, diseases brought by Europeans, of course, that began to, to, to affect the native population. And then we have all this raiding going on in the 1660s and 1670s that really make uh, La Florida less prosperous by the end of the uh, 17th century than it had been earlier in the 17th century. Uh, the 18th century would be a horrible, much of it would be horrible for Florida. Uh, the best days of, of uh, La Florida, or the best days of the Florida Peninsula and, and the Big Bend region and what we now think of as the Florida Panhandle, those days, um, the great, the, uh, the frenzied kind of... Um, Economic activity would not be replicated until, uh, quite frankly, the 1830s, 1840s, once the U.S. was in control, maybe even later. Another important date, 1698, Pensacola is founded. Uh, Tristan de Luna had founded uh, a settlement in the same place in 1559, uh, actually predated St. Augustine, but it was uh, wiped out in... Um, 1563 or 1564 by hurricane. Uh, and also, when I say St. Augustine, of course, that's the English name. San Augustin was the uh, San Augustin is is the Spanish proper um, Spanish name for the town. But just to simplify it, we call it St. Augustine. Although I know I'm giving you uh, Spanish names of other places and uh, in, mixing kind of Spanish and English names. So I do apologize for that. So anyway, we're approaching 1700 at this point. The uh, Castillo has been built, and war is about to break out uh, and engulf Florida. Queen Anne's War, the War of Spanish Succession, has started on the, uh, on the European continent. And as I said, uh, Queen Anne's War, which was in theory the um, European, the, the North American theater of a European war, uh, but had it some of its own separate elements is about to break out. So we're going to get into that next week, and we're also going to get into uh, runaway slaves because uh, in the 1690s, the Spanish crown, as we've talked about in our series uh, from um, last year on what we called the first Underground Railroad in what is now the United States, uh, the Spanish crown in the 1690s with Florida kind of uh, La Florida kind of on the defensive against the English and the French begin this uh, process of, um, uh, of uh, encouraging runaway slaves and encouraging anyone who would convert to Catholicism and serve the Spanish crowd, regardless of race, regardless of status, etc., encouraging them to come to Florida and become uh, servants of the Spanish crown. Uh, one last note, I mentioned Pensacola had been founded in 1698. Pensacola at this point is not part of La Florida. Pensacola is actually part of Nueva, Nueva España, New Spain, and is being governed from uh, Ciudad de Mexico, Mexico City. Pensacola will be become part of Florida after it is recaptured from the French in the 1720s. It falls to the French in uh, in the 17 teens, and then uh, there's a there's a treaty that returns it to the Spanish in the 1720s. That period when Pensacola was, um, and, and we'll actually talk about this in reference to Queen Anne's War because Pensacola was attacked in 1707. Uh, Pensacola, it, once the French capture it, is connected to 
French Louisiana. And so at that point, it's already split administratively from Mexico City. So when it's returned to Spain, it's, it's attached to Florida. And of course, um, as we get uh, into talking about British Florida, and we have talked about British Florida previously in this podcast, uh, those of you who've listened to those episodes will know that the, the British added the areas of French Louisiana that they captured and uh, took after the Treaty of Paris, after the Seven Years' War, or the French and Indian Wars, it's known in the uh, in North America, they attached all those areas to Florida. So Florida, places that are now you wouldn't think of as being having anything to do with Florida, Natchez, Mississippi, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Mobile, Alabama, those places were all in the British colony of West Florida. So uh, just remember that um, 1698 Pensacola is actually connected to, to uh Nueva España, it's governed from Ciudad de Mexico, so it's, it's actually connected to Mexico, not connected to Florida administratively. It is then captured by the French, who then attach it to Louisiana. Then once it's returned to the Spanish, it's attached to Florida. And then once the British uh, capture Florida, or once the British take over Florida, they take much of French Louisiana, the parts of French Louisiana that they had acquired by treaty, and attach that to Florida. So there are a lot of territorial changes in these periods, the one thing that was consistent is Castillos de San Marcos and San Agustin, St. Augustine, were always part of Florida from 1565 till today, always been part of Florida. So with that, uh, we'll be back with you next week. Thank you for listening.